Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Housing for the Aged Action Group, Hague for short, a housing group for older people run by older people. Present Raise the Roof every fourth Wednesday of the month. We advocate for affordable, secure and appropriate housing. So listen up every fourth Wednesday from 6 to 6.30 on 3CR 855 on your AM dial. Hi, welcome to Housing for the Age Action Group here on 3CR. Uh, I'm Shane McGrath. I'll be with you for the next half hour. Thanks very much to Carl for the Renegade Economist show. Uh, last month, we were talking about the government's review of the Residential Tenancies Act, and towards the end, me and Jeff got to talking about uh, some of the problems, not so much with the law itself as the way the law is kind of administered and enforced and, and resolved, uh, in particular through the Victorian Civil and Administrative Tribunal, VCAT, uh, which deals with residential tenancy matters in Victoria. So I thought it would be good to pick up on that discussion this month. And so I'm joined by Steph Price. Um, thanks very much for coming in. Thanks, Shane. Oh, maybe I'd just better check which uh, microphone you're actually <laughs> using. Do you, want to, do you want to say hello again? Yeah. Hey, Shane. Okay, thanks. So one of them is working. I'm not sure quite which, but people can hear you, I think. Um, do you want to... So Steph's from uh, West Heidelberg Legal Service at the moment. Do you want to tell us a bit about what you're doing there? Yeah, at the moment um, at West Heidelberg, I'm working on a project which is specifically about VCAT um, and looking at uh, why tenants don't attend VCAT. So obviously VCAT is pretty important uh, for tenants and landlords. It's the main dispute resolution uh, tribunal in relation to tenancies, but tenants don't go to it. So the last time that VCAT actually released any figures about the number of tenants that, that turn up to hearings at VCAT, um, they said that the figure was 80%. And that was five years ago that they, they put out those figures. Um, and so, you know, they haven't been updated, but anecdotally, I think most people who go there um, would agree that it's it's not a place that um, tenants frequent. And what it means basically is that it's, it's a forum for landlords. It's a landlord's forum. Um, they, uh, you know, uh, set the tone of the place um, and essentially get what they want when they turn up because there's nobody on the other side. So um, what we're looking at is the reasons um, for that and what we can do so, to sort of turn that around. That's a, a massive task. Um, mm -hmm. West Heidelberg Community Legal Service is a pretty small legal service, but we're hoping with this project, um, you know, we can answer some of those questions. Yeah, so you said that only about 80% of tenants turn up. I think the, the most recent statistics are also that 93% of applications are made by landlords. Yeah. Um, so only about 7% are made by tenants. So, yeah, when you put those things together, it really is pretty much just landlords running right in there. It's a teeny tiny fraction <laughs> of, of um, matters that actually have a tenant turn up. And so I think you can see that members um, are somewhat um, shocked when, when a tenant fronts up and when a tenant fronts up um, on occasion um, when they can wrangle a lawyer to come along with them. So, yeah. Yeah, so a member at VCAT is the, the person who makes the decision, kind of like a judge. Um, so, I mean, I'm not sure how far through the project you are, but what, what sort of things are you finding out? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're actually only at the start of the project, so we're a few months in. So, um, you know, we've worked with, uh, you know, about a dozen tenants at this point, so not, not a large 
number. I mean, it's at this stage, it's really just reinforcing the sort of um, common sense things that you, that you might expect as to why tenants aren't turning up. There's a lot of fear around the process. Um, lack of understanding about the role that, uh, you know, a tenant and, and perhaps even an unrepresented tenant could play mm-hmm. at the tribunal. People obviously um, don't necessarily understand that, that it is a tribunal, so it's not a court. It is a place that um, a tenant, um, with or without a lawyer, uh, you know, in theory is welcome to attend and should um, reasonably be able to participate in. Um, so, you know, uh, a lot of people aren't familiar with that. So, um, you know, if they get a notice or any correspondence about that sort of thing, are reluctant to participate. Yeah, I mean, I see tenants at the at work a fair bit who are, are reluctant even to pick up the registered post that they think will be from the landlord. Yeah, uh, which is not going to do them any favours uh, in the long run. I mean, the notices to vacate that landlords serve at least um, do make some sense. The notices of hearing that VCAT send out are these sort of bizarre throwbacks to um, the Telegram era. <laughs> these w- weird things that you have to sort of you know um, rip the sides off and open it up, and has this large VCAT stamp on it and a whole whole bunch of sort of strangely worded direct. Um, so it's much, much stranger notice than you would get in any other court. So the magistrate's court or the county court um, sends things in envelopes on ordinary pieces of paper um, and also generally sends information about where people can uh, get assistance. So um, VCAT, despite being, uh, you know, a place where thousands and thousands of matters are pushed through every year is, is um, you know, it's sort of at, at the end of the line in terms of um, communicate, communicating with the people it needs to. Yeah, I think I've been in this job for about a year and a half now and I'm just finally getting the hang of opening the VCAT yeah. messages without tearing them in half. It's a genuine problem for, for people, <laughs> uh, obviously for elderly people, for people, um, you know, um, with a disability, ripping the thing without actually, you know, ripping the substance of the paper can, can be trying. So Yeah, I mean, this maybe isn't coming across so much on radio, but if you ever see one of these things, you'll understand exactly what we're talking about. They're very strangely sort of gummed together and perforated. Uh, it, it's incredible. Yeah. Um, so, Steph, you have been to VCAT many times uh, as an advocate and a lawyer for people. Um, could you tell our listeners, like, what, what happens at a VCAT hearing? Like, what can people expect if they're going to VCAT? Yeah, well, I mean, I think the first thing that's good to talk about is that it isn't a court, so it's a tribunal. It's, it's a much more casual um, space than a court. Uh, you know, you don't even particularly have to get dressed up to feel comfortable to go. Um, and, you know, when you go, there'll be a member um, who sits in, in front of the room um, and a desk where the tenant and the landlord, um, you know, would sit and the landlord may have a real estate agent assisting them. Um, the tenant may have a lawyer or an advocate assisting them. The member um, basically just asks people what the um, application is about. The person who's brought the application has to explain what their application is about. And then the other party will be given an opportunity to respond. Um, and the member might ask any questions and people present any evidence um, that they've brought along with them. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So if, if someone listening to this is thinking about going to VCAT, uh, you know, probably for the first time, uh, maybe either responding to an application because maybe their landlord wants possession or wants their bond or something like that, or maybe the tenants, you know, initiating their own application because they want to get some repairs done or something like that, whatever it is, um, Obviously, we can't give specific advice over the air, but what sort of general things would you say to someone who's looking at going to VCAT for the first time? Yeah, well, I think that it's obviously important to say that you should go. If people can make uh, their own applications, and if you make your own application for repairs or those sorts of things, you're obviously more likely to go. But for people who are responding to their landlord's application, I just think that is the key, to actually go. Uh, there, There are a lot of things that a landlord has to prove um, to be entitled to any of your bond, to be entitled to possession of the property, to be entitled to a range of things. And they will generally, not 
uniformly, but they will generally be um, required to establish those things to the tribunal's satisfaction and, and that's more likely to occur if you attend. So even if you're not super confident about, you know, the questions that you'd be asking and what you'd, um, you know, the holes that you'd be pointing in their application, um, if you're there, it's much more likely that the tribunal member will, will ask those questions and will make the landlord um, establish uh, their case to the degree that's necessary. I mean, one of the things that you see a lot if you sit up the back of a VCAT room where uh, real estate agents or landlords come without tenants is just these bizarre applications that really have no merit but get pushed through because there's nobody even on the other side to, you know, to raise issue with it. Yeah, so, I mean, basically if you don't turn up, the tribunal will almost certainly give your landlord whatever they want or your real estate agent. Exactly. Um, all right, so what other advice? Well, and obviously, if you're bringing an application, and certainly um, we would um, advocate for more tenants bringing applications, um, just having sort of the basic um, facts um, at hand. So, so you want to be confident or, or just relatively comfortable um, with, uh, you know, the, the space. So it's good just to have written down in front of you, you know, when your tenancy agreement started, uh, how much your rent is, if there's been any increases, when, when it was increased, just some basic facts so that if the member has any questions, you can be the one answering those questions um, and you can get on the front foot and you can be sort of um, an active participant in the process. If you're bringing an application for something specific, um, you should obviously have your, um, you know, your request um, well prepared and, uh, you know, if you're, if you're relying on evidence, so receipts or anything like that or photos, um, have those with you. And ideally you'll have photocopies to give to the other side and to the member, although it's not a requirement, it, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's ideal. Yeah, I mean, the more organised you can be, the better. I often feel like when I go to VCAT with someone, you know, 90% of the job is to just look more reasonable than the other person. Yeah. If, you, if you seem like the more reasonable one, whether or not you're, you're really in the right or legally justified, um, it goes a long way in getting VCAT to make orders in your favour. Yeah, so it's definitely good to stick on the point as well. So you may have um, a whole range of issues with your landlord, um, many of which may not be relevant to the matter at hand, so it's good to stick to it. Yeah, so I guess another thing is, you know, to help you figure out exactly what points are relevant because it's not necessarily, you know, common sense what's going to be legally relevant in your matter. Um, get some advice um, from a lawyer or a tenant advocate. Um, if, you're, if you're listening to this show, maybe you're over 55, so you might want to give us a call at HAG, 96547389. We'll give you that number again at the end of the show. Uh, if you're out in what city of Banyul, you yeah, can contact Banyol. West Heidelberg. At 94502002. Um, there's always the Tenants Union, there's Consumer Affairs, there's plenty of places where you can get some advice. Um, Tenants Union has some great fact sheets online as well that would really help. Um, so yeah, strongly suggest that before you turn up at the tribunal, uh, you try and get some advice about your matter and what sort of options there are for you to, to advocate for yourself. Um, what else What else would you say about going to the tribunal? Yeah, the tribunal. Um, oh, I, I mean, so, something that I often... Um, it, um, advise clients to do when we turn up is just to sit into in another hearing um, before um, we have our hearing so so that they're comfortable with the process and can see that it's not um, awfully scary um, so yeah getting there um, maybe half an hour early and just popping your head in and watching um, how the thing works can, can be um, you know a, um, a helpful um, strategy the other thing is um, uh, be prepared for um, you know VCAT's a funny place sometimes, so um, it's, you know, a random selection of um, members on any given day. So you can get a good member, you can get, you know, what we'd say would be um, a less favourable member. So, um, you know, rolling with the punches a bit is, um, is important as far as VCAT's concerned. Yeah. I mean, I, I think another thing that's really useful is to be very clear about what exactly you want the tribunal to order. Um, 
you know, ideally have something written down in front of you that is, is exactly what the order you want from the tribunal to be. Um, I remember when I was first going to the tribunal for people, one thing that's quite common is if, in most cases, if you if your landlord's applying for a possession order, which is an order to evict you, uh, most of the time you can ask the tribunal to postpone the eviction for up to 30 days uh, due to hardship. You should get advice if you're in that situation about whether, whether you're able to do that. Uh, so I helped this tenant to, to ask for the 30 days, but it, it hadn't occurred to me to count you know, where the 30 days ended. So the member kind of made it up on the spot roughly. And, you know, if I'd been able to say, this is when 30 days from now is, then she would have got, got an extra couple of days. Didn't, didn't end up mattering that much, but uh, it was a good lesson to me to be really clear about what you're asking the tribunal. Um, all right, we might hear a song now. Do you have any more advice that you want to give to people about the tribunal before we hear a song? No, gosh, I'm sorry. All right, let's have a song. This is going to be a uh, 3CR classic, and uh, certainly an Australian classic, worldwide classic, global classic. Uh, Warumpy band with black fella, white fella. Oh no! Freeze, fellas, you're under arrest. What do I do? Um, call a lawyer. Hello, Fitzroy Legal Service. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, if you are arrested, you should make a no comment interview. A no comment interview? Yeah. Well, how do I do that? You say no, no comment. comment to everything. Yes, except your name and address. Every other question you should answer with no comment. So if he asks me what colour my shoes are, I say no comment. Yes, you say no, no comment. To everything? Yes, say no, no comment. comment. If you are arrested, exercise your right to contact a lawyer and say no comment. Fitzroy Legal Service proudly supporting 3CR. Politicians and mainstream media are fueling anti-Muslim hate. Attacks on Muslims are increasing, and the fear is causing some women to restrict their movements. Worse, an anti-Muslim political party is launching in October. It's time for people who oppose bigotry to organise. Stand up and speak out against Islamophobia. Sign the statement at www.voicesagainstbigotry.org and ask others to do the same. Don't be a bystander. Voices Against Bigotry is a 3CR supporter. All right, welcome back to the Housing for the Aged Action Group show on 3CR. Uh, I'm Shane, your host, and I'm joined this month by Steph Price from West Heidelberg uh, Legal Service. So we've been talking about VCAT, uh, which deals with tenancy matters in Victoria, and we've been encouraging people to turn up to VCAT to make applications if they want, uh, and if, the, if their landlord makes an application to turn up themselves to defend it. Uh, but also, you know, it's not all good news about VCAT. There are some problems. Uh, Steph, do you want to talk a bit about what, what are some of the issues with VCAT from a tenant's point of view? Um, well, I mean, one of the sort of larger, broader issues for tenants generally in Victoria is the fact that um, we fund the residential tenancies list of VCAT solely. So the money to fund that list of the tribunal, um, you know, which pushes through 60,000 cases a year, and as we've discussed, um, something like 75,000 of those cases um, are initiated by landlords. So the money solely to fund fund that list comes from the interest um, that the government takes from the bonds that, you know, that are with the residential tenancies bond authority. So that's tenants' money. Tenants' money are solely funding this list. Um, so one of the things that tenant advocates have been arguing for for a, a pretty long time um, is one that... Uh, Landlords and um, the real estate industry, which is obviously um, not short of a buck, should also contribute to funding 
um, that list and some of the money that tenants are using uh, now to fund that list should be used for actually, um, you know, advocating for tenants' interests and tenants' rights and those sorts of things. But as well, something as basic as um, tenants being exempt from fees. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty reasonable to say that tenants are paying for this list, basically paying for a um, a forum for them to be evicted. Um, But in those tiny fraction of cases where they're bringing a claim against their landlord, um, maybe they shouldn't have to pay for that um, because they're already paying for the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, I think the application fee at the moment for for the RT list is about fifty five dollars. Is that yeah. right? Fifty six. Yeah. Um, and if you've got a, a pension card, you'd be you get the fee waived um, and not have to pay anything. Um, do you want to talk about the uh, the cost provisions that were introduced a year or two ago? Yeah, so I mean, it used to be the case that um, it, it, VCAT was a jurisdiction where basically what you know everyone bears their own costs is the way they um, describe it, and it's, it still is the case. So the only um, you can't get sort of a large degree of costs if you go to VCAT, but one of the things that you can get is if you win your case, um, the other side um, can be ordered to pay your cost for going there. So it can be ordered to pay your application fees, and that was introduced. Um, quite recently and obviously as we've said because most of the cases are being brought by landlords um, it, it means that tenants are in fact uh, in uh, the overwhelming number of cases are now being ordered to pay the landlords um, costs in bringing the application to you know get their bond or evict them or you know um, any number of the applications that landlords are bringing so it's a double cost on tenants um, we're paying all over the shop for, <laughs> for landlords to evict us um, so yeah yeah, I mean, part of the problem with the, the provisions about costs is that the costs are supposed to be awarded if, if one party's been substantially successful, but uh, there's no definition of what a substantial success is, so it can be very unclear whether, whether you're at risk of getting one of those orders or not. Uh, and certainly if you don't turn up, uh, then your landlord will be substantially successful, so it's very likely uh, that order will be made against you in your absence. Yeah. Um, all right. Um, do you want to? Are there other problems with VCAT that you want to talk about? Yeah. Well, obviously, it's a pretty big problem that tenants don't um, go to VCAT in in large numbers, um, and one of the reasons for that, you would suspect, is because um, you know, and, and tenants say this a lot, uh, that they're generally um, reluctant to um, you know raise their head um, in relation to their. Um, relationship with their landlord so you know they're afraid of rent increases they're afraid of um, eviction notices and these sorts of things and this is obviously one of the reasons why tenants don't initiate um, proceedings at VCAT so one of the things that that people have been arguing for for some time and and I know a number of organisations are um, are arguing for right at the moment around the Residential Tenancies Act review for um, strengthening the protections for tenants around retaliation. Mm -hmm. So at the moment, uh, you know, there are formally, uh, there is formally a single protection um, for tenants around um, retaliatory notices to vacate, but it's uh, a weak protection um, and, you know, it's something like, uh, if if you had to guess, you'd say... Um, maybe one in every 50 uh, applications a tenant bought to say that the notice was retaliatory would be upheld. So it's no real protection at all. Yeah, so the the protection is basically that your landlord's not allowed to give you a no no reason notice to vacate uh, in response to you exercising your rights. Uh, Landlord can give you any other kind of notice to vacate, he feels like, uh, because you've exercised your rights and he's fully entitled to do that or she's fully entitled to do that. Um, You know, so particularly if your house is, you know, if if you've got a, a... a, bad, a sort of run-down older house that needs a lot of repairs, the landlord's quite likely entitled at any time to give you a 60-day notice to vacate. So if you ask for repairs, there's every chance that they'll turn around and give you one of those notices to, uh, to force you out in retaliation. Um, that's not to say you shouldn't do it. Uh, you should definitely make sure that you're getting what you're entitled to for your rent. Uh, but, but yeah, the, the protections are very weak and need to be improved. 
Yeah. I mean, and the other problem is that at, at the moment you have to um, basically establish the, the, uh, 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 coinciding of um, you taking an action and the landlord retaliating. And I think, um, you know, informally you'd say that the tribunal defines um, the coinciding of those two things as some, something within a 24-hour period. <laughs> so if your landlord can hold on even for a couple of days, maybe a week or so, um, to serve that notice... Uh, you, you're in a um, you know in a pretty weak position. That's not obviously we're not sort of trying to argue that tenants shouldn't take action. That there's a lot of um, a lot of other things that you can do. And if you um, you know if you're worried about a notice um, to vacate or if you if you're worried about rent increases, you certainly should um, get advice about those sorts of things because often landlords get those things wrong. Um, and with you know with some advice, you can um, knock those things out. Yeah, I mean, I think tenants are often worried that uh, that they don't know much about the law and that the real estate agents are professionals and stuff. But real estate agents are hopelessly incompetent <laughs> when it comes to the law. It's it's quite amazing just the basic things that they don't understand or will get wrong. That's um, why it's such a great shame that more tenants don't go to VCAT to see how bad they are. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, because they get away with it um, because there's nobody there on the other side to um, you know to stick their hand up and ask any questions. Yeah. I mean, another thing that I think is a problem that comes from the, the no reason notices to vacate that we were talking about before is that there's often, a, it seems like there's a presumption on the part of the tribunal that, you know, whether, the, that eventually the landlord's going to be able to kick you out. So, you know, what, what does it really matter if this particular notice is exactly right? Sooner or later, you're going to go, uh, you know, you, you know the, the landlord was going to be able to kick you out anyway. Why should they give you any more time? Uh, it, it can be pretty frustrating to see the tribunal accepting that sort of logic, but still that there are pretty clear requirements for a notice to vacate, so often the tribunal has no choice but to, to let a tenant stay uh, where the landlord hasn't really done the right thing. Um, I mean, an, another thing that kind of drives me crazy about the tribunal and that I think is, is one of the reasons that tenants don't make so many applications is that there's this really stark imbalance between the kind of enforcement mechanisms that landlords have on their side versus what tenants have. So when a landlord applies to evict you, uh, they get an order, and if you don't move out when it says, the sheriff comes and takes yeah. you out. If you're a tenant and let's say you apply for repairs, uh, the, the tribunal gives you a date that the repairs have to be done by. Uh, if it's not done by that date, the sheriff doesn't come and force the landlord to do the repairs. Uh, it's open to you now to write to the tribunal and ask for another hearing. Then you go back and they'll give the landlord a new date to do the repairs by. Uh, you know, if you're really lucky, they, they might, you know, after two or three of those hearings, make an order that the landlord doesn't get the rent until... Uh, until the repairs are done, but the the enforcement mechanisms are so inconsistent from one side to the other. Yeah, and you, I, I've often wondered about um, how many uh, tribunal members are in fact landlords. I think you can see that. <laughs> seeping through. It's you'd have to assume, given that the um, most of them were lawyers in. Um, Actually, yeah. I think exclusively the lawyers in former life. I think most of them are riding on the um, negative gearing, and I think um, most of them would be landlords. So I think that, that yeah, they often. Um, give landlords, um, you know, yeah. extensive time to sort, sort those sorts of things out. Yeah, definitely. Um, we're going to have to wrap up pretty soon. Um, do you want to give out those contact details again for West Heidelberg and plug anything else that you want to plug while you're here? Yeah, well, any any uh, West Heidelberg um, is a generalist legal service, so we help people with a range of things. But obviously, if you're a tenant in um, the city of Banyul and you've got a tenancy issue, um, I'd be interested to hear from you. Um, so the number for us is 94502002. Um, and we're obviously open 9 to 5. Give us a call and, um, you know, see if we can help you out. All right, great. And if you are a Victorian over 55 with any kind of a housing problem, um, please give us a call at Housing for the Aged Action Group. So whether you've got a problem with your landlord or a VCAT hearing coming up or whether you you know you can't afford the rent anymore or for any other reason you're thinking about moving house, um, give us a call. 
uh, you can call me on 9654 7389 uh, or you can call our intake line that deals more with finding housing for people on 1300 765 178. Uh, thanks very much for listening, everyone. Uh, thanks very much, Steph, for coming in. Cheers. Uh, we're going to go out with another song. This is uh, Kutcher Edwards with Why. Thanks very much, everyone.